Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Michael Eulen with RG Real Estate. Michael brings over 14 years of experience in commercial real estate and a proven track record, providing optimal solutions for his clients. With previous real estate experience at JLL, Michael gained diverse real estate experience, including site analysis, lease negotiations, acquisitions, and investment sales. Additionally, Michael leverages his financial background, including accounting and corporate advisory work experience at PwC. Michael from RG Real Estate, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Ross. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Well, you're in Atlanta, where I grew up, and I have several clients. And so if we have listeners from Atlanta, this is definitely somebody you should listen to. But if you're not in the Atlanta area, this is, this is a conversation you should listen to and take some of the things that Michael says and take it back to your commercial real estate person in Dallas, in Denver, in New York, in LA, wherever you live. So let's talk a little bit about what you do and how you help people. Well, I, look, I appreciate it. You know, I'd like to think the person I am, I'm the physician's advocate. You know, I just want to be in their corner as they think of questions, as things come up, as they got to work through the strategy for their practice and their growth and their financial goals, you know, in tandem with what you're setting for them. We just want to be the intellectual advisor. So we're all about thinking through real estate strategy, whether that's leasing, ownership, or investments. That makes a lot of sense right there. So you work with a lot of dentists and you work with a lot of physicians in the Atlanta area. And in some cases, you actually combine the two, which is a cool story we'll get to. But what do you see as, you know, you have someone who's either starting their own practice and they need to get a building or, and you do lease and purchase, or you see someone who's leasing and they want to go buy something. What are some of the challenges you see people face? Look, we support groups all throughout the life cycle of the practice. And that's great when it's a startup, we're there to help hold your hand, get you through that first transaction when, you know, clearly, you know, a physician doesn't have that sort of background and and we're in this every day negotiating leases. So, you know, to address the question, we're gonna help them think through that strategy, where to locate, how to get that best lease done with advantageous terms. How do we get the most money for that expensive build out you need? Sometimes it's even a little bit more intellectual that when you're working with somebody like me and, and you know the Atlanta market as well as we do, I know spaces where there are vacated dental suites or who's moving pieces. And, and we might be able to slot you in and help save you money on the space with regard to construction. But I love that there are physicians out there, dentists in particular, who feel like that light goes off either because their advisor told them, their accountant told them, or their broker suggested, you know, you probably could own a space. And we go through that process. It does. It may not happen early. It, it, it might take five or 10 years of practice to get to that stage. But we're going to be the thoughtful 
leader in that process. We're going to analyze the numbers. Look, I come from the big six environment, so I have no choice but to be practical and analytical. I'm a numbers guy. The numbers prove themselves. And we're going to walk through that process. But I think one thing that makes our approach unique is because we ourselves are also owners and investors, we kind of get how you might want to do something creative. You might want to do something a little a little bit bigger, and you need that support to get through those steps. Now, at the same time, you're really good on knowing location. So somebody might be in love with a certain location, and you can look at the metrics, look at the traffic count, look at the demographics, and be like, hey, I realize you like this, but this may not be the best solution. You might be, it might be better off to go somewhere else. Is that right? Yeah, listen, I love that you brought that up. That's a critical component. You could think you love an area, but is it right? Is it where your patient is going to be? Is it what's the competition like? So I think we in real estate have gotten better, um, I think, across the board. But one of the things we do here at RG is we really take this detailed approach with our clients and we will try to get granular if you want to go there and we'll get third party data to research exactly that. You want to know the demographics. You want to know the income. You want to know the ethnic makeup. You want to try to understand healthcare spend and potentially insurance coverage. We're going to be that backstop to answer that question. Is this really the right spot? Is this where my patient is going to be? And then, of course, you know, overlay that with competition, right? So we really want to do, as, as, as Stephen Covey would say, start with the end in mind, you know, and go through that planning. What are the challenges you see, or maybe maybe a better way to ask this, what are the misconceptions you see physicians and specifically dentists have when it comes to leasing or buying a space? Well, you know, I think one of the biggest things I understand if you want to start out and you feel like, well, I need to be at a retail center. I need that kind of signage. If there's any misconception, it might partially be that or that as you start to grow your practice, that really maybe you really do have a brand and you become more of a destination than the person who relies on a sign on a street that has good traffic counts. You know, because that is going to be a barrier potentially in your economics, your 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 bottom line profit, and of course, whether you can really own your location if, if that's where you want to go. And that may not be for everybody, but I think there's a, a great story to that ownership. So I think the point is about, you know, where are you located and, and, you know, what you think you need versus what you really do need. Yeah. So a retail center that, uh, and I, someone brand new might want to start out in a retail center, but what I'm hearing you saying, what I personally think myself is it's a little short sighted because there's no opportunity really for expansion. You can't own it, like you said before. Whereas if you're in an office park or a medical park, you might be leasing, but you could end up buying that at some point. Sure. Look, I think there's a couple pieces to that, Ross. I mean, I certainly have trepidations with retail. Look, I've got clients that are in retail spaces, and sometimes it makes sense. And maybe it makes sense for a short amount of time, and then you move on to something else, right? If that was early stages, and that's the way you grow and build your brand. Totally fine. But I think when I look at it through the eyes of how to negotiate, the best contribution of you know allowance uh, that's going to be given by a landlord, it's not necessarily going to come through retail. 
And you, you're right. You're, you're sort of, you will be landlocked at some point. You may not be able to grow and expand, and you certainly may not be able to acquire that kind of space. So it, it, you know, it may run itself into a dead end. So the flip side of that is, hey, can we look at other office spaces? In some markets, it's a house zone commercial. Sometimes it's a core medical office building. Part of that question is, What's the referral pattern? You know, do you rely on other providers? Can you look to other providers to be a referral source, right? So I think about the number of times we've seen dentists that are in multi-tenant medical buildings, and some of them do extremely well. Some of those buildings could be condos, and now you've got your neighbors for life, so you really might have a collegial referral pattern. Just a different, I think you just got to look through all the different lenses and, so- and see how it works. We're currently in the fourth quarter. We're almost in the fourth. I'm sorry. We're almost in the fourth quarter of 2022. It's the very end of the third quarter. The real estate market is in a very interesting space right now. Rates have popped up. Um, home the home home market has slowed down considerably. What is going on in the market in the commercial market, specifically in the medical medical space commercial market? This is always the toughest to really pin down. Because, you know, those of us that are in the, in the industry looking at certain data points will see certain information. Our clients or tenants out there are reading in between lines or hearing certain information through news outlets. I still think it's an opportunistic market. I understand that the cost of capital has changed. I think we would step back and we would say, well, it's not really ridiculous. It's just not as good as it really was. And I don't think that means you've missed a window by any stretch. I think what's really interesting about healthcare, very resilient. We see a lot of capital looking to deploy into medical assets. And that's because of that stability. That's because of that upside. That's because of the stickiness of tenants that'll stay long term. So if you sort of look at that now through the eyes of uh, a would-be physician owner, I think what's really interesting is I've observed over the course of the year that even though rates have changed, I'm still seeing and hearing from physicians of all types who still feel like they want to look at that idea of ownership. So it hasn't driven everybody away. So I think, you know, naturally in the fourth fourth quarter, things definitely slow down. But I know I've got physicians who are still looking to acquire and they haven't really been scared off by rates or the market. I think for them, that's a long-term acquisition. That's a long-term play. A great one when you want to control the dirt that drives the revenue for your practice. And if you want to supplement a retirement plan, if you will, by having an asset, whether you keep it long-term beyond your years of practice, you've, you've got options. Well, and, that, I, and that's what I like. It's always a great thing when you if, when you sell your practice, whoever you sell it to, to keep the real estate and, and sign a long-term lease. That, that's that's a beautiful thing. Let's talk about a really unique situation that, that you did where you were able to work with two different medical specialties who and, and kind of find them a location. Talk about that if you would. So I think you know, you're referring to a client of mine. Uh, they are called the Whole Tooth. And what it is, is a combination of a husband and wife, both dental providers, but the, um, but the husband is a pediatric dentist and the wife is a general dentist. And while he already had his own, one of his own offices specializing in pediatric, 
um, she, Ashley, wanted to start her own practice. And essentially what they did is to bring these two specialties under one umbrella and to bring PED and general dentistry into one location and to do it, I think, like a lot of clients, they have a vision for how they see services being offered, the way they want to see services being provided and giving their clients a great experience. And they do. And I know it firsthand because we've been there, but they serve a great community here in Dunwoody, Georgia. And I, I love that they put it all together. And I think, you know, as you think about us as parents who are scheduling appointments for ourselves and our kids and you're like, wow, we can <laughs> we can knock out a couple boxes at one time. That makes it a lot easier. Um, so, yeah, it was very, a very unique situation. Couldn't, you know, two of the nicest people that you'd want to work with. And I'm, I'm proud of their clients. and I'm proud of their friends and I'm watching their success. And it's great. Well, it's just a really neat way of being creative in the real estate market. People don't always think about that. Obviously, our listeners are, are across the board. Some are probably very experienced in real estate. Some are probably fairly inexperienced. Talk a little bit about the things when you're leasing a property. Talk about the things that you need to make sure you do and the things that you make sure you don't do. Yeah. You know, you bring up a great point about, you know, understanding or sophistication, right? Some some people get business ideas uh, and, and they just logically adapt it, it could be a blind spot. And the first thing I encourage is, you know, ask that question if it would make sense to have somebody in your corner looking out for your best interest. I think that's number one. And I don't mean that to be self-serving. Find a good advisor, be an extension of your team, whether it be your CPA, your financial advisor, you know, somebody who's just helping kind of see all the pieces, right? When you're working with somebody like that, that's in the trenches in the market, they could really give you good advice and they could save you tens and thousands of dollars. But I, I think, you know, you, you brought up another really good point early, which is the location. And you can't just go with your gut only. Sometimes you have to backstop that. So let's get the right data. Let's, let's make sure it really lines up. And, but when you're approaching the lease specifically, it forces you to answer a couple of questions. You, you gotta be true to yourself and think, what's, what's my window here? You know, am I planting roots for a long time? Do I want flexibility, you know, to get out of this lease sooner if I need to move, grow, relocate, buy? So those are things that we kind of talk about behind the scenes because that's all part of the mechanics of the lease. It's lease term and what's the trade-off? More term, more dollars, more stability, more safety, or, you know, or is it I value flexibility more than what my lease rate is going to be by a few dollars? You know, so those are important. I really think with dental in particular, and, and I think this extends to a lot of medical, round out your team in that you got to make sure one way or another, you have a good space planner um, to lay it out efficiently, really understand what you can and can't do. in any that, particular that, that, that's, a, that's a big deal because you can't, it's very, very, very expensive and hard to fix that after the fact. For sure. I mean, this is the hardest thing, right? To really peg the amount of square footage you need. Now, I think we've gotten a lot better when it comes to medical. We've got some great rules of thumb in dental in particular. I think there are from some very thoughtful advisors who will share with you, hey, you need to have X number of operatories. Or if you could leave yourself a couple, couple extra plan for growth in advance, you won't sell yourself short on space. So I think that's really important because ultimately... What we as advisors are trying to do is help you be most efficient, 
Let's maximize your real estate. Let's impact your bottom line positively. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit basics. A lot of people probably knows this, but when you're leasing a medical facility, is that a triple net lease? It could be. It really depends on the asset. Well, so, um, let, so explain to our listeners what a triple net lease is. Sure. Triple net is basically NNN, net of everything. And what that really means is a landlord wants to charge you a base rental rate. And then those triple nets or those operating expenses are also going to be passed through to you. So those are going to be all the expenses for the building, common area maintenance, property taxes, property insurance. And so this is important because you really have to understand those operating expenses. We're going to define them in the lease. You really need to understand, I guess this goes back to your former question, where do I need to mitigate risk? Where can something backfire and come back to me where it can really hurt me financially, right? So not the triple nets are bad. You just need to understand what you're getting. So I think the example, Ross, we talk a lot about retail, especially for dentistry. So in a retail property, you know, they're going to pass through these costs, but you need to be careful. You need to understand, well, if they do outside construction, if they do a new parking lot or like what are what things are going to be property expenses that may come back to me. But to put it in real dollars, you know, in any good retail center, you know, your rents could be twenty five to forty dollars a foot net. And then on top of that, you might be paying six to ten dollars a foot extra just for those operating expenses that get passed through. Yeah, that's important to know that. And, and that's typically the the standard in the commercial market. But like you said, not all of them. And you just have to understand that because that six to ten dollars a foot or whatever it ends up being, uh, it adds up when you got, you know, three thousand square feet or whatever. So so that's a big deal. Now, when you are looking to buy a place or let's add some of this, when does it make sense to go from leasing to owning? I think part of it is being established, right? Because this speaks to that earlier point of, well, if I'm established, am I a destination versus, you know, critical signage, right? The other part of being established is, <laughs> do I have the financial wherewithal? I mean, I think we understand there are a lot of good lending partners who will be happy to work with a dentist and, and extend that capital. But I think you have to reach a critical point where you feel comfortable enough that, this is my market. Um, I, I know I've got my patients here. I feel confident. I feel that I've, I'm credit worthy and that I've got the capital. And that could be five years for somebody. It could be 10 for somebody else. You know, and I think that when I think back to a great conversation you had with, uh, with Forrest Bryant, you know, it was about the why behind the practice. You know, he made that comment. And I think you're right. You need to understand what's the why behind your dental practice. Is it going to be a single location? Should I acquire it? Am I planning for additional growth? Because those are going to impact some of those decisions as well. Yeah, that's that's really good right there. So how big, how important is it if you're a growing practice? Well, two questions. Number one, if I go from leasing a space to buying a space, that's not an easy transition. You don't move on Friday, typically, and open up on Monday. How long is the downtime to kind of do that in your experience? You know, it's a really great question. One of the things I think about is planning, advanced planning. Look, this is the biggest thing. And it doesn't matter where you lease or what you lease. 
you can't wait. You really have to think early and often, do I know what my lease expiration date is? And even if I'm going to renew, I need to start thinking about that early. So if you're talking about an acquisition, you know, that's something you want to think about 18 to 24 months in advance of a lease expiration, because you don't know what the market's going to be like. You don't know how quickly you might find a building to acquire. And assuming that you find it and you buy it, you still are likely going to have a lot of work that you need to do. So, you, you know, you need to factor that construction time in. So we're at a time right now, Ross, where every last thing takes longer, right? So it's taking longer to get through the lending process, the closing process, and then harder to line up contractors. It's taking longer to get the work done. And that assumes that you can get all the materials that you need, right? So let's just say if you need to build out a space, the moment that you can get access to it, it could be 120 days or longer just to get it fit out the way you need, right? So you start backing that timeline out. And then the other part is... Um, we're also at a time where you can't necessarily get all the materials you need. I just sold a building about three months ago uh, to a dentist. And it was funny. We actually had three different dentists that were considering this building, just given its location. And one of them really saw the benefit of the numbers faster, you know. And But what they realized is even when they closed on the building, they were going to have a longer lead time getting the equipment that they wanted. Right. There's still back orders on certain chairs and millwork and cabinetry that's needed for the practice. Right. So you really need to back it up a little further, you know, and and, and plan it long term. Well, I think it's really key. You, you said that going from lease to own is really needs to be addressed 24 to 18 to 24 months in advance because you got to find a property. You got to buy the property and then you're going to have to build it out probably at some, at some level. And so finding a turnkey property is kind of like winning a lottery. Doesn't happen very often. But let's let's talk about this. So you buy a piece of property and it fits you exactly as you are. How many people have you talked to who bought a property that fit them where they were and they didn't have the vision to, to buy something bigger or maybe they were a little too cost conscious and they didn't buy something bigger to grow into it and now they're in a jam? How often does that happen? Fortunately, I don't think I've seen it as much directly with my clients. Uh, I don't know if that's... Because they're because getting you, good advice. <laughs> thank you. That was a softball for you. That was an easy layup. But no, I mean, I really do try to encourage that as much as I can. I realize that sometimes that's going to play with the numbers. That you have to buy more than you think, or you might not be able to finish all the rooms in advance. But that's fine. I, I think that's pretty common, especially with dental, to say... Let's get all the rooms plumbed, but we might not set up those operatories until later. But that's right. a smart way to go. But, you know, I, I do see how groups do limit, get limited into space, you know, where you can't grow any further. But, you know, that, that may be a silver lining in that it might force you to look a little differently. Well, I can't change this location, but I learned something. I won't make that mistake again. Or, you know what? I think it's going to force me to adjust my plan that I really should open a second location. You know, I've got something that I can replicate and and maybe I can shift. This assumes you really know where your patients are coming from that, hey, maybe I could shift some patients from one location now to this other and create something that's, you know, sort of growing organically in another market. Yeah, that's that's good advice right there. So 
as we kind of wind down here, what's what do you think, what's the best piece of advice you could give to a dentist in regards to real estate? Well, think about these long-term objectives. You know, I, I kind of like this framing, again, getting good advice, thinking about what you're really trying to achieve. But hey, look, would you rather pay for your landlord's retirement or your own? Because that's a good jumping point to decide should I own or lease? That's fine. Like let's let's run those numbers. Happy to always go through that comparison. And I've had those conversations with clients. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's it's early and we revisit it just to determine if that's still part of the strategy. So I, I really do think it comes down to the numbers and make sure you really look at it, not just your current practice and your bottom line, your PL. But again, getting back to that future and the opportunity to sort of look at this from a wealth building or a retirement play to have those options to control that asset, whether you hold it and lease it to somebody else, whether you sell it, if you sell your practice, there's just a lot of capital out there looking for a variety of medical property. And I've been involved in that life cycle. I've helped physicians sell assets that they occupied and they sort of leverage the fact that they leased it or would lease it back. So I think the sh- trying to make it a short answer, numbers, got to know the numbers. So Michael, if you're in the metro Atlanta area, if someone in Georgia wants to talk to you, how can they get in touch with you? Hey, you can always find us at uh, www.rg-re.com. You know, separately, we're going through a website redesign. And, and I've always kind of created, not unlike you, Ross, my own page, michaelulincre.com. And that'll give you some some good information. And that's uh, Ulin, that's Ulin as in U-L-I-N, just so you michaelulincre.com. Well, Michael, this, right. is, this has been a very insightful conversation today. I really appreciate your time coming on. Cool. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I hope that, you know, your clients who are listening take some different pieces of advice. And, and I'm always happy to be a resource along the way. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brandon. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brandon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Paz, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. External sites and materials are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services that make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PATS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Security products and advisory services offered through PATS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. 2022 144 119 expires 924.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.